Hello, Monetization Nation. Welcome back to another episode with Danny Levin. So in this episode, I, I feel like I was mentored by an old, wise Buddhist monk, which is kind of what Danny is. And um, do you know what a mosaic is? I remember when I was in junior high a long time ago, and they had us take these little scraps of paper and make artwork with it. And I, I remember I did Fifle from An American Tale, and I thought it was such a cool project. I, I still remember it today. And, and that's what a mosaic is. It's where you take pieces of something, often something hard like tile or glass, and you put those small pieces of something together to create something beautiful in, in aggregate, a big design. And Danny uses a mosaic as an analogy for our lives and our business careers and how we need to bring together a diverse group of people who don't necessarily see the world how we do, who look at things differently, who bring different strengths to the table, and we create our own unique mosaic. And I have been profoundly influenced by, by this interview, and I've thought about it a lot since, since I originally recorded this. And I, I just challenge you to listen to this and, and really think about it and, and get his book and to build your unique mosaic of diverse people who will help you create something beautiful and wonderful in, in your life and in your business career. So the subtitle of your book or, or the focus of your book is the four practices of connection. Would you take me and my audience through those four practices, explain them, um, maybe share some, some examples with us? Most people think this is connection. You and me sitting down and talking to each other. This is actually the fourth level of connection. There are three steps before this. And depending on how well we've done those first three steps, that will determine what this connection actually feels like. The first second step is connection to myself, is to connection to self. What I found in my life is every time I set out to do something, there was this nagging voice inside my head that said, you can't do that. What are you, crazy? You, you think you're going to be able to do that? You'll never accomplish that. How in the heck are you going to take a company from $3 million to $100 million? You just can't do that. What do you, who do you think you are? What do you think? You're the savior of mankind? You don't know this business that well. How are you going to have that happen? And so essentially what I'm doing for those people watching video is I'm basically taking my hand and I'm literally punching myself in the jaw. There's only a certain amount of time I'm going to allow myself to punch myself in the jaw without doing this. So I put up a wall to protect me. Now, I don't know that I'm going to just always hit myself in the faces. If I'm hitting myself in the face and there's a wall protecting me, if I really want to hit me, I'll move to, to my gut. I'll move to my groin. I'll move to my knees. I'll move to my feet. I'll move to anywhere I can to make connection because my connection of this hand, the idea of this hand is to knock me down. If this wall is preventing me from knocking me down, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to move somewhere else. So after getting hit a certain number of times, that silo extends all the way down from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And you can see from the presence, if you're watching on video, this isn't very far from my face. 
So the world that I live in is a world that I'm surrounded two millimeters away by a silo that protects me, but it also suffocates me. There's no connection I can have with you. What happens is I paint the wall on the outside of my silo to be who you want me to be. So you think, oh, isn't Danny a nice guy? Look at that, I see him. But you have no idea who I am. I'm quivering inside that silo, hoping you won't peek over and see me scared to death that you'll see me there. That's not connection, my friend. So when I realized I can't get anywhere surrounded by a silo, I said, how the, how the heck do I get these walls down? And I asked myself, why in the heck did I build them anyway? I built them because I was hitting myself. I'm not worried that you're going to hit me, hit me. I might be later on, but I hit myself far harder and far more often and far more accurately than you'll ever be able to hit me because I know all my weak spots. So what's the practice that I can practice to bring my walls down? When I practice being kind to myself, suddenly there's no attack anymore. And I can bring down the walls that really are tired and need a rest anyway. I can drop them down. And when I drop down those walls, I suddenly look around and I go, whoa, what's all this out here? Like, I didn't realize all this was here. So first connection, connection to self. First practice, be kind to yourself. No, I think that's beautiful. So, so being kind to ourselves and accepting ourselves and loving ourselves the way we are is the first step before we can have deeper connection with others. Am I understanding yeah, that correctly? Totally, totally. So once we do that, once our walls come down, we start to look around, we go, whoa, there's a whole world out here. How did this happen? And it allows us to contemplate something bigger than ourselves. When we're siloed in, there's all, all that exists is ourselves. Now that we see there's something bigger than ourselves, the next connection is, connection to the one that's bigger than us and when i realize there's something bigger than me that's created this whole universe then i start to realize i'm not in control of this thing anymore like when i'm in this maybe i'm in control probably not anyway but i think i am but when the when this comes down and i'm in midst of all this all these people and things and beautiful creation i say whoa i'm not in control of that's this anymore I need to start to be vulnerable and start to listen to what this world is trying to say to me. Try and listen to what the creator of all this is, wants, is, is doing. And so when I have connection to self, it opens up the option for me to have connection to something greater than myself, something bigger than me. And the practice of doing that is the practice of vulnerability. Vulnerable is not a thing most of us like to be. We think it's weak. But vulnerable is the strongest thing that could possibly happen. In a, in a windstorm, in a, in a hurricane, in a tornado, a branch of a tree that's stiff will be blown and blown away and broken. Interesting. A blade of, a blade of grass will just move yeah. and will remain. So vulnerability is such a huge part in the practice of being open. Because what happens? Suddenly, I'm able to share with you who I really am. Now that my walls are down, I'm able to tell you, hey, Nathan, these are the places where, I, where I've fallen down. These are the places where I've succeeded. These are the places where you're going to think I'm more than I am. Please don't. 
please don't read that. Please don't believe that resume. Please make your own decision when you hear me and listen to me. Do you like it? If you do, great. If you don't, great. You have every right to do whatever you do you want to do. And that's your right. And I'll love you either way. Point number one was, was uh, connecting with myself. And then the second one is connecting with God or whoever that bigger source is the creator in our, in our world. And, and the practice of that is vulnerability, vulnerability. Okay. Right. Right. Suddenly, suddenly I realize I'm not in control and whoa, you know, who is in control then? Okay. I love it. That gives us, these practices give us something tangible and actionable to do to implement the, uh, the practice. Okay. I got it. Keep going. Absolutely. Okay. So once we're kind and our walls are down, once we're vulnerable and we realize there's something that's created this world and we see this big world that we exist in, suddenly we look and say, wow, I wonder what I'm doing here. Like what, what's my place in this world that I live in? This big world. And you start to realize the one that's greater than us doesn't need to create carbon copies of things. He doesn't need to, or she doesn't need to continue just to knock out versions of ourselves that we just have. That Once we're created and once we do what we're meant to do, no one will ever need to be created to do that again. And so if that's the truth, then in order for me to be created, to come to this place and do what I have to do, planes flying by on the, by the beach, in order for me to be able to do what I have to do to do this life right here, right now. It's never been done before in the way I'm going to do it. And because this one that's greater than I knows that it's going to be done to here in this lifetime by me, no one will ever have to be created to do it again. So when you think about the fact that in the span of time, what I'm here to do has never been done before and will never need anybody else to come and do it again, you start to think, whoa, that's probably pretty important for me to understand what my purpose is and not be distracted by it. So when people come to us in business and say, if you just follow this model, if you just do exactly what they're doing, you will be successful. Yeah, you might make money. But I've seen so many people who follow that model that make a lot of money that don't know one day of fulfillment in their life. Because we can never be happy living somebody else's model. We need to find the model that's our model. We need to do it here and do life here and come with our purpose and fulfill our purpose and walk away. Having lived our purpose. Okay. So the first one is being kind. The first practice is be kind. The second practice um, is is be be vulnerable. vulnerable. And the third one is find our purpose. Is that correct? The the third one is live purposefully. So when a group of people are kind, when when you find people that are kind and vulnerable and purposeful, then you have, you practice the fourth practice which is build your mosaic. And that's number four. Number four is build your mosaic. Come together with with people, not of like-minded people. If you look at a mosaic, mosaic is made up of of every different color possible. 
every different shape, every different size. Some are broken, some are whole, some have texture on them. Some are matte and some are glossy. Some are, some are beautifully radiant with color. Some are dull with color. The beauty of a mosaic is it brings both like-minded and unlike-minded people together. And when you build your mosaic from kind, vulnerable, purposeful people, that's the type of gathering I think Margaret Mead was talking about when she said throughout all of humanity, it's been small groups of people that have come together that have changed the course of civilization. If you look at every major initiative, every major change that's happened in the world, it hasn't been by overwhelming the masses of people. It's been by a small group of people who came together and decided this is a better way to live. I love that. That is so profound. Can you share with us a couple examples of these mosaics of people that have come together and helped change the world? Yeah. Look, let's talk about Christianity. I mean, Jesus Christ had 12 people. I'm Jewish by nature, but I'm going to say that he had, he had 12 people who brought, who brought together something that's changed the religious structure of the world. If there were people about, of, with very different backgrounds, he didn't just, very pick, different. yeah, they were ordinary people. They weren't, they weren't the, the elite of the elite. And one of the things I like about the mosaic so much is I was a bit of a snob before I wrote that book. I was I only associated with people that have a high, of a high vibration, people who cook their food with love. But when I wrote about the mosaic, they were all beautifully ordinary people. And what I found is everybody wanted to be extraordinary because we had lost the beauty of what ordinary is. If you ask people on a scale to 10, one being the worst thing and 10 being the most. And you had said to them, what do you, where, do you, where would you pl place the quality of ordinary? Not where on the scale does ordinary exist. Where, do you, where would you place your desire to be ordinary? Most people say one, two. Yeah. When you ask them, where would you place the desire to be extraordinary? Oh my God, 10, 12, 20, 30, 50, 100. I want to yeah. be, everybody wants to be extraordinary. So I would play with them a little bit. I'd say maybe it's just a, uh, a thing of the English language. But if you don't want to be ordinary, why do you want to be extra of something you don't want to be? <laughs> <laughs> they go, no, Danny, that's not what we're talking about. I said, I know it's not, but maybe it is. Because what Mosaic showed me is ordinary is the most beautiful thing in the world. There's nothing more beautiful than a sunrise. It happens every single day at the same time. You know exactly the time, not the same time, but you know exactly the time that sun's going to rise. There's nothing more beautiful than the change of color of leaves at fall time. And they, in the East Coast of America, they arrange trips to watch the trees change colors. They know exactly the time frame in which that happens. It happens every year around that time frame. Completely ordinary. In nature, the mountain never says, I want to be the river. But human beings, they say, I want to be like you. I want to be like that person. I don't want to be me. I want to be like that. Like that. And we think we have to be these extraordinary people. Even Superman comes back to being Clark Kent sometimes. And when we're always trying to be extraordinary, when we're always holding the bar, we have to be this, 
no wonder we have a global pandemic of people that don't feel good enough. Yeah. Of people that don't feel like they can do it. Of people that don't feel like they're enough. Because you can never be extraordinary all the time. Yeah. One of my big counterintuitive revolutions that I want to create, in addition to lots of other ones that I want to create, is the re-beautification of the ordinary. Yeah. In my book, The Mosaic, I sat with the most ordinary people. And when I took time to listen to them telling me their stories, 100% of the time, the people that I saw after they told me their story was entirely different from the person that I saw before. It just, we don't take the time to sit and listen to people. Thank you so much, Danny, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, the first connection we need to have is the connection to ourselves. And in order to build this connection, we need to practice kindness. Number two, the second connection we should develop is a connection to something greater than ourselves. When we do this by practicing vulnerability, we open ourselves to new opportunities. Number three, to live purposefully, we need to understand that we were created uniquely with our own unique purpose. We shouldn't try to be exactly like someone else. How boring that would be. Number four, there is beauty in the ordinary. Number five, finally, we should build connections with others, both with those similar to us and those very different from us to be able to build our beautiful and diverse mosaic. To learn more about or connect with Danny, you can find him on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook, or check out his book on Amazon, which I highly encourage. And you can find links to each of these sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get my free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in building your own diverse and beautiful mosaic. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.